0: Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. It is good to be back after a week break that we took. I hope that you stayed connected to God's Word while we had some time off. But before we get into our devotional today, let me make a couple of announcements. I have finished a number of writing projects. Well, I've used the time. I don't know if I've really finished these writing projects, but I've at least used it to start working on finishing these projects uh, or at least my part in one of the, the larger writing projects that I was involved in. And while I don't have a release date for it, I can say that I was a contributor to a Bible study uh, that goes with the film Enemies Within the Church. And as I get updates on when it's going to be released, I will let you know uh, so that you can go ahead and check that out as well. And um, I'll try to promote it a little bit here on the podcast. Uh, but I will let you know about that um as i get more updates but the content portion of the bible study is finished so that is exciting uh and it's going to be sent off here to get the visuals and grammatical editing done in fact by the time that you're listening to this it will have been sent off by then um i'm excited about this bible study as i think that it's going to help um people understand what has gone wrong in the american church and the path that we need to take uh, to fix it. And so I am really excited about that, uh, really blessed and honored to be a part and to have a part in working on that. Um, Nathaniel uh, Sullivan, some might know him as as Bev Sullivan, uh, but Nathaniel Sullivan, he did an incredible job taking the lead on this project and uh, has done just a really good job with it. And I'm excited um, for lots of people to read it and to study God's Word with it, but I'm I'm thankful for the part that I played in it. The second announcement that I want to make is that I have started working on uh, a few ebooks, and one in particular is uh, that I'm really working on that will be a benefit uh, for the supporters of Shouts of Grace. Uh, I also have, like I said, Uh, three eBooks I'm working on. So two others that are in the plans as well. And I have been extremely humbled by the support, the financial support and all the support really uh, that this podcast has received. And I want to thank everyone who has made the choice to support the ministry. And while I was sitting there thinking on that, I had a few ideas as to how how could I I thank these people for uh, supporting the ministry, and I started thinking should I do an extra podcast a week? Uh, and then I started realizing between um, with with shouts of grace, uh, I'm I'm with I'm, I'm weekly on the radio um, out of Omaha, uh, Faith in the Public Square with John Jacobson. I'm a co-host over there. Uh, also co-host the um, the Wikipedia podcast, uh, and I've done a few interviews here recently, and then of course I'm uh, preaching um, every once in a while as well, about a, one to three times a month, depending on the month. And so between all of that, I kind of realized, you know, my my voice might not be able to take one more podcast, especially because... I've got another podcast in the works as well that'll be uh, kind of a a once a week lesson, um, but will be a benefit to pastors in Nigeria. But that's neither here nor there at the moment. And so I started thinking, well, that's probably not a good idea. And I started thinking, well, maybe I could offer some kind of Bible study uh, that we could go and do together. And maybe we will do that some point in time uh, in the future, offer something like that. But I started looking at the calendar and realized, man, I don't know how much time I have uh, to do that at a time that would at least be a benefit for other people joining on uh, to do it online. And so I decided to hold off on that. But I did realize that I have recently done two Major studies in my devotions, and just about ready to finish a third, and then going to be starting a couple other big studies in my uh, devotionals, and so in my personal devotions. And so I thought, you know, I've got enough content here where I could turn this into an ebook and actually put the study, my notes um, that that I take from my devotions, in the back of this, so that that those who receive the ebook could go and to take a look at that and just kind of get an insight as to how. I I do my devotions and and get an insight uh, onto some of my thoughts and so the first one um, I've started working on started uh, getting that that through I've never put out an ebook so I don't want to put a, a a time on this and uh, over promise and under deliver um, but I do expect it to be reasonably soon to be coming out within the next few months. Um, I don't anticipate it taking super long while working on this, but maybe I'll find a snag in the ebook process and go, Hey, this was much more difficult or time consuming than I thought it was going to be. Um, but anyway, I thought that that would be something that would be a good way to say thank you to all those who are supporting um this this project, this ministry, this uh, d- devotional that's going out, hoping to connect people to God's Word. Now, as you probably know, listening to this, I'm assuming that you've you, you've been listening for a little while. I noticed that while we took this week break, a number of people um, were, were able to go and to catch up on some of the podcasts. So that was kind of ex- exciting uh, to to those who are, are faithful and listen every single day and never miss. You probably won't like me saying this, but we're, we're probably going to be taking some breaks periodically just uh, to give other people a, a chance to catch up uh, where they want to catch up, but also... A chance at times to work on some other projects, or to uh, e- even rest my voice, or to get ahead, um, so that I, if I'm in a position where I can't upload uh, something, that will be okay on that, and have some time to go and to do that. But let's get into this new series that we're going to be starting, and I'm just going to call it Ten Lessons, Ten Lessons, because that's way easier. Uh, to say than all the longer names uh, that I have. But the idea of this or where this came from is that when I turned 30 years old, it struck me about a week before I turned 30, that I had been in um, vocational ministry for the entirety of the decade uh, of my 20s. Um, I uh I, I took a little bit of a different path to get there. Uh, right out of high school, I didn't go to Bible college. Uh, in spite of uh, a lot of insistence on me going to Bible college, had some uh, people who really tried to push me to go to Bible college, but I did not believe that God was calling me to Bible college, and he wasn't. And so right out of high school, I ended up doing an internship, and this was uh, a little bit of a different route. I kind of thought, you know, when I got done with the internship, uh, people were still pushing me to Bible college, and God was still saying, no, don't go to Bible college. And so I thought, well, how in the world can I ever get into ministry? In fact, I remember specifically uh, at a at a business meeting at a church at one time that somebody made that statement. Um, You'll never get into uh, vocational ministry, uh, never become a pastor, never do this if you don't go to Bible college. But I knew that I needed to trust God. And of course, I did trust God, and it was— uh, not very long after um, my internship that I ended up uh, getting a position as a chaplain at a nursing home, um, an incredible ministry that I was able to uh, to, to partake in there, um, really opened your eyes, really learned a lot when you're ministering to people um, who literally are four or five times as old as you in some cases. And... Um, was able to to do that. God really stretched me in that ministry. I did that for about a year and a half. Uh, then I started filling pulpit after that, uh well, actually during that time, and uh went right from filling pulpit and uh, and, and being a chaplain there at the nursing home, um, to pastoring. Uh, took that position on when I was twenty one years old, uh, at a church there, Faith Baptist in Hudson, where I had uh been filling pulpit for about ten months ahead of that. Or previous to that. And it it was really an interesting route that I took, but I started thinking on this, uh, are there any lessons that I've learned being in ministry that, I'm not saying that you wouldn't learn them not being in ministry, but were big lessons that I learned? What were the 10 biggest lessons that I learned in that decade of my 20s? And so that's what we're going to be looking at, is 10 lessons. And I learned these in my 20s. Um, being in vocational ministry for that decade. And the first one uh, that I learned is, and all of these, by the way, are applicable to every single person, I believe. Uh, there's there's not a person that doesn't need to learn these, these lessons. This isn't just lessons for a, a super secret pastor's club or something like that. These are lessons that everybody needs uh, to learn. And I think that you'll understand that as we see the first one. The first one is, is... Following God's leading in your life is of utmost importance. Following God's leading in your life is of utmost importance. And uh, another phrase that comes with this lesson that I, I believe is vital to understand, and this is shouts of grace. The whole idea here is to go and to accomplish the good works, to finish what God has given you to do with a shout of grace. Uh, That's what Zerubbabel was called to go on to do when he was called to finish building the temple. This is very much in line with Ephesians 2.10, that it says, you know, of course, in 8 and 9, that we're saved uh, by grace through faith. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. But then it goes and it says in Ephesians 2.10 that God prepared works ahead of time that we should walk in these good works, and the only way we can walk in them is with that shout of grace that Zerubbabel was called to have. And this phrase, I think, is really key to all of this, and that is, you must stay in God's will today to know God's will for tomorrow. You know, there are many of you who are listening today to this podcast, and you're you're going, you know, I want to know what God's will for me is tomorrow. What is the next step? Well, let me tell you the most important advice that you can hear about that, and that is, don't worry about the next step, worry about the current step. Be in God's will today so that you can be, so that you can know God's will for tomorrow. And I want to point out a couple of passages of Scripture. The first one is is John 21, verses 20 through 22. And it says this, Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, following who also had leaned over on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Now, Just want to make this clear here. This is what's going on. Peter looks over and he sees John. John doesn't like to go into write his name. So he goes and he says, you know, the blob disciple and the disciple that outran Peter, things like that. But but he says here in verse 21, it continues and it says this, Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if I will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. You see, when it comes to knowing God's will for your life, the, the the first mistake that we make is that we start looking at the next step instead of the current step. Instead of being current and seeing, what is God's will for me today? We start getting worried about God's will for tomorrow, but you need to be asking, what does God have for me right now? What am I supposed to be doing for God right now, today? If you want to know what God's plan is for you tomorrow— If you want to know what the good works are that God has planned for you to walk in tomorrow, you have to first get today right. You you can't go and be in tomorrow and accomplish what God has for you tomorrow if you don't accomplish what he has for you for today. But the second problem that I see that many people have is that we start looking around. Maybe we're not looking ahead, but we start looking to those who are beside us. And that's exactly what Peter did. And he says, Lord, what about this guy? What about him? You know, maybe you're looking around and you're saying, you, you know, Lord, uh, you, you haven't told me exactly what your, your plan is for my life going forward, and it seems like this person to my left has everything figured out, and Lord, they're not even a good Christian. But you know what God says to you? Don't worry about that person. Follow me. Follow me. Maybe you look out and you go and you say, maybe it's not that they're being a bad Christian. Maybe you look over to your right and you say, but Lord, this person had all of these advantages. Of course they have their life figured out. Can't you please just tell me what my life is supposed to be doing for you? But you know God's answer to that? It's the same that he had to Peter. Who cares about that person? Not, I mean, God cares about that person, but but he's He's looking at him and saying, why do you, are you caring about that? You follow me. You follow me was Jesus's response to Peter. And this is God's response to you as well. Are you following God or are you looking around at others? You know, if you want to know God's will for your life, if you want to walk in the good works that God has planned for you, you need to stop looking at others. You need to stop going and and, and asking about tomorrow and you need to start living for him today. Do the things that you know are inside his will. You know, if you haven't done your devotions, you've got no right to ask God what he wants for you to do tomorrow because you haven't done what you know he wants you to do today. You know, if you haven't prayed to God today, if you haven't gone and, and, and gone through with, with some adorations, some thanksgiving, some blessing, the name of Jesus, just some worshiping of God, if you haven't done that yet today, don't be looking off for what God's will is for your life tomorrow, because God says, look, you're not even doing what I'm calling you to do today. Why would I entrust you with the knowledge of what you're called to do tomorrow? You need to get that right first. But I want to bring up another important passage of Scripture on this subject, and that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. And there's three things that we see that we are to do here if we want to have God directing our paths. The first thing that we see is that We are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Now, this idea of trust in the Hebrew, once again, getting a little nerdy on us. It's a qual imperative in the Hebrew, and that means simply it is a given command. And this word means to trust, to be confident in, secure, and without fear. The Amplified puts it this way. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all of your heart. And remember, this is a command. There isn't an area of your life that you should not entrust to God. You need to entrust the entirety of your life to God. You know, not just your morning, not just your Sunday, not just this or that, but you need to entrust your entire life to God. Now, here's some scripture on trusting the Lord. Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. 2 Samuel 22:31. 31. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. Psalm 34, says this, The Lord redeems the soul of His servant, and none of those who trust in Him shall be condemned. Psalm 37, 28 says this, But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. Psalm 118, verse 18, excuse me, verse 8 says this, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. 2 Timothy 1, 12 says this, For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day or until that day. Now, we see this here. The question that it raises is, is. There an area of your life. That you're not entrusting to God. If you want to know God's will for tomorrow, if you want to know his purpose for your life, You need to entrust your entire life to God. You need to take inventory. What corner of your heart or corner of your life, maybe it's a big chunk of your life, that you're saying, Lord, I trust you with all of this, but not this area. The second thing that we see is that we're to not lean on our own understanding. If you want to know God's will for tomorrow, you need to not lean on your own understanding. Trust me, when I was ending my internship, And I was going and moving back home. I remember being up in in my office. It was the last as in my office. And everybody was telling me, you're crazy. I I can't believe that you're not going to just go to Bible college now. You know, that's what we all thought. In fact, later on I found out or I found out that uh, part of the, the internship was to scare me into going to Bible college to overwhelm me and, and try to make me go there. And let me tell you, there were some hundred-hour weeks in that internship. It was brutal. It was brutal. But I stopped and I and I prayed to God. And I remember just weeping, praying to God in complete surrender, and, and turning to him and saying, Lord. Everybody is telling me this, but you have spoken. Your Holy Spirit has has spoken so deeply to me and bore witness so closely with my spirit that I know you're not calling me to go to Bible college. And Lord, I, I don't see any understanding, any path forward as to how to get into ministry. But Lord, I will follow where you lead. And if you call me to be a burger flipping evangelist, that's what I will do. I will flip burgers and tell people about Jesus Christ. That was the resolve, but even more so, that was the surrender and trust that I had to God. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't see what was going to happen, but I said, Lord, I'm not going to lean on me. I'm going to lean on you. And that's what you need to do. Some scripture to consider. Proverbs 16 18 says this pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you're leaning on your own understanding instead of God's, you know what you are? You're you're prideful and you're about to fall. Proverbs 1 7 says this the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know what happens when you're not leaning on God and you're leaning on your own understanding, you're not fearing God, and you're acting like a fool. Proverbs 9.10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's the same idea there. God says it twice. It says it a few times, actually, because he wants you to know it. Jeremiah 17.9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's why we don't seek to follow our heart. We seek to go in to find God's, find God's heart and lean on his understanding. To know God's will, we must lean on what God says and not what we are understanding or what we're thinking. We follow what God says. And this is vital to understand God's will for your life. You must surrender your will to his. The third thing I want us to see this morning, and I'm sorry, this one's going a little bit long because we had the longer announcement, but I, I trust that we'll get through it. The third thing is that we need to acknowledge God. What does Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's the first thing. Lean not on your own understanding. That's the second thing. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge God. You must acknowledge God. Now, acknowledge, it means to know and to acknowledge. Now, this is an interesting concept. The Amplified version says it this way. In all your ways, know, recognize and acknowledge him. Charles Ryrie, to quote Ryrie, he says this. Acknowledge, literally know, means literally know. Know God personally and be in fellowship with him. See, this isn't simply seeking to say, yeah, God was in it afterwards. Oh, look at what God did. Now, it might be true, and I'm not saying don't say that, but that's not what this verse is getting at. It's not going around saying, oh, wow, God showed up. Now, you might need to say that, oh, wow, God showed up, but that's not what acknowledging him means. It actually means to actively grow closer to him and to be near him so that you can know him. This is where the phrase to know God's will for tomorrow you must be in his will today, really comes into play. Because the best way to know God's will is to be where you know God's will. If you know that God wants you to do something, if you know that God has commanded you to do something, be there. Be there. If you want him to direct your paths, be where he is already directed. Go where you know he wants you to go if there's a family member you have that needs to know about Jesus Christ, go there. Go tell them about Jesus. If if you've got dust collecting on your Bible because you haven't been reading it as faithfully as you should be, go. Go there because you know God wants you to go there. If you haven't bowed your head in prayer for quite some time, go. Go there. If You want to know God's will for tomorrow, and you're skipping church all the time. Well, there's a problem. Go. Go to church, because you know God says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhort one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Husbands, if you're looking for God's will so that you can lead your family, have you stopped and checked how well you're loving your wife? Because you know God has called you to do that, to lead her in a loving way by giving yourself to her. Wives. If you're seeking to know God's will for tomorrow, have you stopped and thought about how you need to go and to submit to and respect your husband? Because that's what Ephesians 5 tells you to do. You know God wants you to do that. Children, have you stopped and obeyed your parents? Parents, have you stopped and, and recognized that you need to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? You know, if you want to know God's will for tomorrow, do the simple things, that they're not always easy, but they are simple, that you know God has set forth for you to do today. So you can only draw near to God on His terms. So that means you can only acknowledge Him, like it says in this verse, in the way that God says on His terms. This is vital. See, You must seek to know him and to know him more. And this is on his terms and on his terms only. And this is the first lesson, the first of 10 lessons that God really took me through to go and to learn. If you're going to follow God's leading in your life or following God's leading in your life is of utmost importance. And if you want to know God's will for tomorrow, you must be in his will today. So I hope that as you're seeking to please God, that you will realize that his leading is of utmost importance in your life and that you need to be in his will today if you want to know his will for your life tomorrow. Well, thank you for listening today and remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness we hold to the promise, there's nothing we can't overcome. Something, a miracle's coming, rejoice!